1: What is happening, gang? We have got a big show for you today on the Inside Football Podcast with Bill Polian. In today's episode, we continue building on what we started last week as we take our look at quarterbacks in the NFL in 2020. And in today's episode, we get into the B group, the A group, and the A-plus group. This is going to be a really interesting episode where we get insight into Bill's take on how these guys ascend into different groups, what separates the A players from the A-plus players, what truly makes a great quarterback in the NFL. And we got a really special thing at the top of the episode where Bill took a lot of your feedback from last week and did a deep dive into what it really means to be a running quarterback in the NFL and kind of did an analysis of where these guys are at as running backs, where these guys are at as passers to get a full picture of kind of the modern quarterback in the NFL. So sit back, relax and get ready. This is the Inside Football podcast with Bill Polian and this is our look at the B group in terms of quarterbacks in the NFL in 2020 is the lamp lit guys the
2: lamp's lit at my end lamp is lit clock is running and the mic is open here we go. The The lamp is lit, as you guys
1: know, and we have got a fun one for you today on the Inside Football Podcast with Bill Pullian. As you guys are expecting, we are going to dive into the A and B groups in terms of how Bill has positioned and stacked the quarterbacks in the NFL. But before we get into that, Bill has actually done something really special that I think you guys are going to love. So without much further ado, we got a lot of ground to cover today. Bill, why don't you give the audience their treat?
2: Well, the issue was raised last week by, by Rick, what's the value added for the running quarterbacks? And, uh, and so I tried as best I could to break it out and, and create uh, uh, some numbers that made sense. And as usual, when you take a deep dive into it, you find things that are, are really interesting. So the quarterbacks who essentially uh, do damage running are in reverse order Russell Wilson, Daniel Jones, Lamar Jackson, and Kyler Murray. So I said to myself, okay, when I look at these numbers, it tells me that Murray and Jackson are really running backs and Jones and Wilson are really quarterbacks who extend and escape. And here's what the numbers tell you. In Russ's case, 367 yards, 5.5 average, which is excellent, of course. Uh, I'm sorry, 55 attempts, 6.7 average, one TD, 17 first downs gained rushing, and three fumbles. Daniel Jones, surprisingly, 354 yards, 49 attempts, 7.8 average, so he's pretty Mm. successful running the ball. One TD, 15 first downs rushing, which is, which is a good number, and two fumbles. Um, now, we go to Jackson and Murray. Lamar Jackson, 575 yards rushing, 103 attempts, 5.58, which is darn good, three TDs, 30 first downs rushing, and three fumbles. Um uh, Kyler Murray 619 yards 92 attempts 6.7 average that's off the charts 10 TDs which is outstanding so he's they're using him in the red zone uh significantly um 39 first downs rushing and two fumbles the two fumbles are, is is really pretty good on um, that that's that's a that's a good number for ninety-two carries. So what it really tells you is that Jones and Russell Wilson are quarterbacks who escape and who can do things with their legs. Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson, for purposes of defensing them, are really the third running backs in a three back rotation. And what I did was I went back and looked at all of the carries that the leading rushers have. So uh Derrick Henry has 229, Dalvin Cook has 201, Jacobs 199, Zeke has 171. And then you get into Edward Soler with 140, James Conner with 145, uh, Kenyon Drake with 146, and Ronald Jones with 153. So I said, let's use 150 as the average number for a starting running back in the NFL 150 carries through 8 weeks and and so what that tells you is that Murray and Jackson are darn close to that so that they 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 really are running backs and as running backs they're off the charts no one is averaging 6.7 no one's is averaging 5.58 I don't know that anybody's ever averaged that in the history of the league over the course of a season <laughs> as a as a full time running back. Ten touchdowns for Murray, uh, and thir- thirty nine and thirty respective uh, uh, respective uh, first downs gained. So, uh, what these guys really are, when you defense them, those two Murray and Jackson are essentially. Um, Second or third running backs. I didn't go back and look at the other running backs on their team, but I'm guessing they're they're they probably have the second most carries. And and so when you're a defensive coordinator, you have to say, um, I got to treat this guy as a running back. I have to stop his running game. So that's point one. And point two is that in in both cases, although Murray's a little different. Um, they really are old fashioned single wing tailbacks. That, that's really what they are. In the nineteen fifties, forties and fifties, the single wing was in vogue, and the tailback got a direct snap from center, as these guys do in the shotgun and pistol, and he ran, passed, and kicked. He was a trip that's where a triple threat comes from. And these guys are 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 basically that. And so when you defense them, uh you you don't look at them as quarterbacks. You gotta look at them as single wing tailbacks and and treat the your, your defensive plan accordingly. Um and when they happen to be quarterbacks and they're in the pocket, in Murray's case, we've talked about it on other shows, you absolutely must keep them in the pocket. Same with Lamar. You gotta keep them in the pocket. You can't the, one, the thing you want these guys to do is throw from the pocket. You don't want them out of the pocket under any circumstances because the damage that they do is obvious. So that's the sort of value added and, and how you would look at them in terms of, uh, 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 of a club saying, how, what do we have to do to stop these guys? Well, you better recognize that they're running backs in reality. They do the same damage.
3: So, Bill, is this is this a port is, is this a portent of things to come? I mean, are more and more quarterbacks are they going to be looking for more quarterbacks like this, or are, are these guys just such exceptional athletes that they're unusual?
2: Well, they are exceptional athletes and they're unusual, but that's true of everyone in the National Football League, and these guys don't grow on trees. Baltimore has used Chase McSorley and RG three as backups, and and they're exactly the same style of player. Um, they're not as good obviously as as Lamar, but they're the same style and um i am you know in in I don't know who Murray's backup is um but the but the bottom line is that there aren't many of these guys around uh and if you try to create them you're you're barking up the wrong tree you'll go you'll go just like trying to create Peyton Manning and Tom Brady out of whole cloth I'm looking for him. Let me find them at the college level. Uh-uh. They don't exist. Uh, Peyton Manning came out, what, 50, uh, 20 years ago? The closest to him is is Joe Burrow. So it, it's, it's a generation. Um, that saying, once in a generation talent, that's what these guys are. They, they don't grow on trees. And, and, and the, the wishbone quarterbacks, like the Navy quarterback, who I loved a year ago, is too small. He, he can't. He's a slot receiver now in the NFL, as is his predecessor, um, who really never made it. Um, But they're they're too small um, to to take the beating. So these guys are really exceptional. If you go trying to find them and replicate them, uh, Mm -hmm. I think you're going to go broke. Um, Interesting. Okay, Uh, on to uh, uh, the quarterbacks uh, that that we're going to discuss. The uh, the B group consists of, at the very bottom of it with an asterisk, Dak Prescott, who of course is injured. Um, his uh, quarterback rating is 99.6. He's had nine TDs and four interceptions, which is right on the money. We want the two-to-one ratio there. Had a completion percentage of 68%, which is really good. Uh, his average uh, yards per Pass attempt was 8.4. That's phenomenal. That's just really good. And he in six games, I believe it six, he threw for 1,856 yards and was sacked only 10 times. So this is a guy whose numbers tell you he's going to make a lot of money. Who with is anybody's guess, but he's going to make a lot of money, and he should.
1: And the value goes up every
2: week. It does. Indeed, it does. That's right. Just turn on your television. He's recuperating at home, and he's sitting there, and as he watches his team play, uh, visions not of sugar plums but of zeros uh, (laughs) dance in his head.
3: And and Jerry Jones is
2: popping Tums. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Our next guy is uh, Matthew Stafford of the Detroit Lions. His QBR is ninety-six point two. He's got seventeen TDs and seven interceptions. His completion percentage is sixty-three point seven, which is, believe it or not, low for the the the, the B and A groups. Uh, his YPA is seven point seven, which is which is good. That's solid. 2,403 yards, that's also solid. He's taken 22 sacks, which is evidence of the fact that his offensive line isn't performing very well. And this is a guy who really gives his all every week. He's given up his body on numerous occasions to try and win. And it was dispiriting to me to see the team around him uh, who, who, by the way, were, went into Carolina with a four and five record. So they, it, with a win, they vaulted themselves into playoff contention. With seven teams going to come in from each conference this year, um, and and they they were disinterested. They they looked like they didn't even want to be there. And that's 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 a shame for for a competitor like Matthew Stafford.
3: That's exactly what I wanted to ask you about, Bill. Is there anybody Is there anybody in the league at quarterback who's doing more with less? And is there anybody in the league that kind of, when you're sitting watching him do all that and sacrifice himself and perform as well as he does year in and year out, isn't he the guy you'd say, God, I'd love to see him on what he could do with a real team behind him?
2: Well, you know, first of all, when Jim Caldwell was there, he had a team. He didn't have a you're running right. back at that point in time. But he had good receivers, and they made the playoffs, and just and just missed the the playoffs by a game in Jim's last year there. Um, they changed regimes, and they went to a different system, and 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 you know they have Galladay, who didn't play this week uh, because of injury, but but not a whole lot. But they have Hawkinson, who's one of the best young tight ends in in the game. Um, the offensive line should be good, but it's not. Uh, And they have good running backs. They have two good running backs. Um, But it's not clicking. And uh, I can't tell you why. And and for them to go out and and be disinterested uh, playing against a team who was playing a quarterback who last played in the XFL. Hey, he was going to be the MVP of the XFL, though, Bill. Well, still... (laughs) Yeah, well, it's like being the MVP of the International League. I mean, you know, it's yeah, good ex- Exactly,
3: <laughs> Exactly.
2: See in spring training.
3: <laughs> yeah, International House of Pancakes. Hey, Bill, you know, you touched on something there. And I'll just say this. To me, firing Jim Caldwell was one of the dumbest fires in the history of the league.
2: Well, it's turned out to be... It's turned out to be that way. I mean, there's there's no two ways about that. Uh, I don't wish anybody in Detroit any ill, but the the fact of the matter is that performance, if I were a general manager or ownership, I'd I'd be scratching my head about that performance. There was no reason for it. Um, Okay, let's move on to Mr. Kyler Murray, who's an interesting cat his uh, QBR is 98.2, so he's knocking on the door of the of the magic number of 100. Um, he's got 19 TDs and 8 interceptions. So, you know, clo- uh, higher number than it should be, but he's a young quarterback, so that's understandable. Um, 68.3 completion percentage. That speaks to the fact that he is a very accurate passer. He really is. Um except when he's in the pocket when you keep him in the pocket he's not as accurate but the fact of the matter is that he's that he's darn good uh he he's a natural thrower uh, his average his yards per attempt is seven point five which is excellent twenty six hundred and forty four yards and he's taken sixteen sacks which speaks to the fact that he's an escape artist he can get away um, he, he does good things so uh, all in all, uh, quite a performer. Uh, and, and the league, it, uh, like was the case with Lamar last year, the league has not yet figured out how to defense him. They will. And so these numbers will change a little bit, but he's going to have to change his approach. Uh, Lamar's going through that right now. But as a pure passer... This is a real talent. This is, you know, I'm not sure he's as sturdy as Russ, but I think there's not. A, other than that, I don't think there's a lot to choose between the two. If you project him, he's nowhere near what Russ is now. But if you project him out, um, you, you're. Lo- I, I think you're looking at at maybe the same thing. Hey, hey, Bill,
1: Bill. To that end, I mean, this is kind of what we were talking about last week towards the end of the show, when we were getting into, well, maybe just because you're looking at these as sort of six-year windows that you're going to have this player. I mean, are there certain things that the Cardinals should be doing, just given that Kyler is – uh, probably different than Lamar, a stronger thrower. Are there things that they should be employing and implementing now early in his career so that he sort of changes his game to be a little more traditional so that one, it elongates his career and two, for the Cardinals, they, they could potentially develop a franchise quarterback that they could have for a more significant amount of time. Uh, Are there things that they should be doing to that end?
2: Not much. I, I mean, first of all, we talked about the fact that earlier shows that they're a pretty good defense. And, and that goes unnoticed by the by the press because his, his Kyler's so spectacular. If I were them, I, I simply would make sure that I invested in a front three um, that that and the and a, and a offensive line construct approach uh, and technical approach that mirrored um, uh, uh, New Orleans, so that they'd be in a position to. Protect him the way New Orleans protects Drew, and uh, and then he could feel comfortable developing into a pocket quarterback, which you have to do over time. I mean, you can't. He he, he won't. He's not going to be able to do his magic with his with his legs for seven years. And sooner or later, that catches up with you. Uh, but there's no denying. That he he's a talented talented thrower, uh, and and you know the the hail the hell Murray, <laughs> so to speak, <laughs> against Buffalo is is not what I'm speaking about. There I'm talking about delivering the ball on target, on time. He's got a little bit of what people call the hitch with Kerry Collins because he's a, he is a baseball player and quite a good one, um, but I don't. His arm is strong enough to to accommodate for it as as was Gary. Uh, that was, a, a red herring. Um, and is a red, I mean, people don't mention it with him except that it's there. Um, the next guy we need to talk about is Matt Ryan. And, and, and this is an interesting, he's an interesting cat. I had a long discussion with someone about him the other day and, and and we had a, you know, a not a disagreement, but we agreed to disagree. Um, his his QBR is 99.0, right on the edge. Uh, 15 TDs, five interceptions. That's elite, three to one. 67.2 um, completion percentage. 7.8 YPA. Outstanding. 2746 yards and only 19 sacks. And... His teams have been um, awful uh, the last two years. Well, poor the previous year. they came on at the end of the season last year and and, and they you know they were they' certainly out of the playoff hunt at this point. Uh, is it Matt Ryan's fault? I, I don't think so. I think it's a question of poor defensive construct and personnel and poor offensive line personnel, bad drafting decisions and player acquisition decisions. Um, Other people feel that um, legitimately so, that the, the, the numbers don't tell you the story, that in reality he doesn't have that special spark necessary to elevate his team. I disagree, but I understand where people are coming from. But if you look at the numbers... They tell you that Matt Ryan's a very effective quarterback.
1: At, at Bill, at this stage in his career, uh, what are the things, especially in a lost season like this? And I feel like we've been saying this, you know, kind of last year, and they obviously got hot at the end of the year, but what are the kinds of things he should be working on and they should be kind of focused on with him as a quarterback in terms of his development or there are there things that these veteran quarter quarterbacks and these kind of towards the end of the season that they should be kind of centrally focused on or is it as simple as let's just not get hurt and on to the next year
2: well you know, let's get him as many offensive linemen as we can to protect him to begin with let's get him a sound and solid running game that he can lead on um let's get him uh you know, as many weapons as we can get them, and more importantly, um, as Marv Levy used to say, uh, when, when we first came to Buffalo, we had Andre Reed, but we hadn't acquired Don Beebe or James Lofton yet. And everybody, press, media, fans just would get a wide receiver. We need more wide receivers. We got to have wide receivers. And Marv Levy said, you know, the best way to help Jim Kelly get him a great defense and a good running game. And, and of course, Marv <laughs> Levy was right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so that's what I do with Matt Ryan. I'd echo Marv Levy, get him a good, get him a good running game and a, and a, and a, and a, and a good defense and people who can protect him and watch that number 99 go up and back to the Super Bowl. Um, the next guy is a household name. Um, the household name of all household names tom brady 99.0 uh, 23 tds seven interceptions um these numbers reflect last night i'm not certain of that uh, but but it's still the same ratio no matter how no, no matter how you sliced it um, 66.0 uh, in terms of uh, Uh, of uh, completion percentage, Um, 7.1 YPA, um, 27 and, uh, 2,789 yards and 14 sacks. Uh, Sacks a little higher. He took a a few more last night. The 7.1 tells you That he's not throwing the ball down the field, um, or at least completing it down the field, as much as he did in New England. Uh, That that was in the 7.5, 7.6 range. So that that criticism of he's not getting the ball down the field enough, um, is is has some merit um, because that's what that number tells you. but other than that, I mean, he, he's, he's doing what you expect him to do. Um, he had an unfortunate interception at the end of the game last night, but that's the way it goes. He's playing pretty good football.
3: So, Bill, those, those numbers, yeah, those do include last night. I um, wanted to ask you this. Um, you know, he certainly is still playing well, uh, but when you when, perhaps more by the eye test but also by the numbers – uh, and this is prior to Drew's, Drew's injury, when you, when you look at Aaron Rodgers and you look at Drew Brees and their seemingly, uh, th- their performance, uh, there seems to be, much to me, to be more consistency from previous years. With Tom, it, it, how much of a factor would that be any physical deterioration versus those other two guys are playing in the same scheme, with the same teammates as they have for years, whereas Tom's having to adjust to a new, perhaps even more complex scheme than he's used to, with even more options than he's used to, uh, you know, as well as you know, learning that system and getting used to the players. How, what do you think? Has he deteriorated physically? Is it some of both? What, what, this, this little bit of fall off, what do you attribute it to?
2: Look, at his age, his arm is not as strong as it used to be. It's that simple. Neither was Peyton's at the end. Neither is Drew's, although it hasn't deteriorated a whole heck of a lot. So that's point one. Point two, the offense is is different. It's not more complex, and besides which, it wouldn't matter how complex it was. He could digest it and spit it out in a heartbeat. He's brilliant. So that's not an issue. What is an issue is the fact that he didn't have – Pre-season. He didn't have OTAs. He didn't have time to work with all these receivers. He's trying to get AB um, uh, integrated into the system now. Um, and, and the offensive line is not what he had in New England. So that causes timing issues uh, that didn't exist before. Um, and that's it, pure and simple. Okay.
3: So, so when you see some passes in terms of uh, how how badly they miss, which you just didn't see, it's all those things that are causing, aside from perhaps some some uh, loss of arm strength, because
2: yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Because you never you never saw him miss the way he missed last night. I mean,
2: well, you you, you know, look, people say that Tony Dungy famously showed a. a prior to the championship game in 05 or 06 whenever it was um, showed the team a a, a a film clip which led off with a Boston sportscaster talking about how Tom Brady was the greatest player who ever played any sport anywhere at any time on earth and uh, <laughs> and, and 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 never missed a throw and so on and so forth you know the usual hyperbole and and then said well you know that's perception and and granted, you know, we hear about it all the time, and it's a pain in the neck, but it's out there. Um, okay, let's look at reality. And he put on a reel of about 15 or 20 plays where Tom threw an interception, where he missed open receivers, where he was a little low on a ball, where he was chased out of the pocket and made a bad throw. The point being that perceptions one thing, reality is another. And Tony ended by saying... We don't have to do anything exceptional. We just have to do what we do. We have to do the ordinary in an exceptional way. Just do what we do and we'll be fine. And and there was not, never a, a, a more true depiction of the difference between uh, perception as created by media and fans and reality that you can see on tape. And so... What you're saying is the perception that you have um, with, with, with the addition of everything that you hear on the broadcast and with people talking about him, as opposed to sitting in a room quietly with, with, no, uh, with no commentary and just watching the tape and saying, that's a good throw, that's a bad throw, uh, that was a bad route, the receiver dropped the ball, et cetera. Two different things. To to me and watching it last night,
1: the thing that kept coming into my mind was another Tonyism where it felt like, and this is obviously totally just armchair fan perspective, but it seems like they just need to take a deep breath and say, okay, we're going to do what Tony Dungy says. We're going to do a little less that they, they have so much that they can do so many weapons, so many things that they can do. It's hard to identify what your identity is and that maybe if they just did less, they'd be a little better.
2: Um, uh, you know, I'd have to go break it down a little bit, but my sense is that with all the weapons that they have, their, their run pass mix and their style mix, you know, power, uh, lead, all that kind of thing is, is really pretty good. And they got in a shootout last night. The The problem wasn't Tom Brady and the offense. It was the fact that the defense couldn't stop anybody and and, and the bottom line is that, um, as Nick Saban was quoted as saying the other day, you can no, good defenses no longer can stop good offenses. So it was a question of who was going to make the big mistake last. It happened to be Tom, but he was coming from behind. You know, with under two minutes, you, you're not going to be perfect in that situation. And I think if you graded out the offensive lines. Um, and theirs was shuffled because they lost the tackle early in the game, and then he was hobbled for the rest of the game. I thought the Rams' offensive line out—you know—outperformed the 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 Pats' offensive line. I'm I'm sorry, <laughs> Freudian slip. The Bucks' uh, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> offensive line, and that and that was that was the answer. So um, I don't put that on Tom. I thought he had a pretty darn good night. And these numbers indicated.
3: And, and I will, uh, I will own up to saying the perception. But I still do, I still do believe a little bit, Bill, that arm strength and no off season have contributed to this a little bit. I, it's just my take. But I understand. Oh, it.
2: I'm a, I'm a big believer in off season. I mean, I think that's the, that's the principal reason, is, is no off season.
3: Right. That's why I say the other two guys don't need it as much because they're in the same system. They've playing with forever with the same teammates.
2: That's correct. That's absolutely correct. All right, the next guy we're going to talk about is uh, the Unknown Soldier. <laughs> you haven't seen him. <clears throat> His name is whispered every now and then, uh, but he is lighting it up. Mr. Herbert, Justin Herbert in San Diego. Uh, His his QBR is 102.8, 19 TDs, six interceptions. How do you like those apples? Three to one as a rookie. Pretty pretty good. Yeah, 66.8 completion percentage, 7.8 YPA, uh, 2,333 yards and 16 sacks. And he's only scratching the surface of his talent. He's big, he's fast, he's accurate, he's got a powerful arm. Uh, he can do it all. And, and obviously that, that brilliance in the classroom translates to the football field. And when they get a defense that can stop somebody and, um, and, and a running game to augment uh, his talent and the receiving core that they have, um, he's going to be pretty special. And, and if, you, if you're talking about rookie of the year at the quarterback position, it's clearly him, even though everybody feels sorry for Joe Burrow and Joe Burrow was having a real good year, Justin Herbert's having a phenomenal year.
3: So, so Bill, you always do keep our feet on the ground and, uh, you know, uh, it's not the buzz kill Bill thing. It's just the anti-hype Bill thing. So where, you know, when you hear what, what the rumblings are, Where does that rookie season at quarterback in the NFL that you just described fit in among the best quarterback rookie seasons in the modern NFL?
2: Well, I'd have to go back and look the numbers up and don't forget it's not over yet. I mean, there's, there's a way to go, but, um, it's, it's pretty darn good. I mean, he's performing at a very, very high level by any standards. It's, uh, By by QBR, let me just add it up: two, four, six, seven. It's the tenth highest QBR in the NFL, and his team isn't even close to the playoffs. So think about, think about, (laughs) think about what the rest of the team is like. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's principally defense, by the way. It's principally Uh, defense, but uh, but um,
3: it it is you. It's it's extraordinary, right? It is. It's
2: extraordinary. It's astounding. Yes.
3: I I, I was just asking, as you look at him, you know, you always hear, you know, again, cliche, sophomore jinx. But is there anything you see in him that, because to me, it's so astounding. Is there anything a, a much more sophisticated eye like yours sees that gives you any pause, any doubt that it won't continue and just get better next year?
2: Not if they protect him, no. And and they'll have their best running back back off injury next, uh, last uh, next season, and uh, and and they need to do a better job of protecting him, and uh, and obviously, they they've got to be able to finish games and and stop people at the end of games. They they've lost as many one score games as anybody in the National Football League, and so. They've got to get better at that, but no, I, I, I think, you know, I, I think, if, you, if you just let him go and develop this immense talent that he has, um, he, he's, he's on his way. Uh, to me, if you're sitting there in San Diego, you're saying we, we, we got the answer. Well, let's go build the rest of it. And, and some of that may be coaching and some of it may be player personnel and some of it may be medical it seems to me that they have an inordinate amount of injuries every year um, when by medical I don't mean doctors it may be strength and conditioning things of that nature but this is a position I don't think you worry about <laughs> um, and that's, that's makes, that'll make Tom Telesco sleep well at night and ownership sleep well at night because that's the thing you worry about. Uh, The next guy is really interesting because he is the ninth rated QBR. Um, But if I were doing a ranking based purely on how I think he's playing, he would be uh, probably just below Derek Carr. Um, It's Ben Roethlisberger coming off an arm injury, an elbow injury. His quarterback rating is 103.5. Uh, 22 TDs, four interceptions. That's, even for him, that's outstanding. <laughs> it's pretty good. He's taking care of the ball better this year than he than he has in a while, really, uh, in his in his younger years, in his salad days, he was wild and woolly with the ball, but he's he's a wise old veteran now, so he, he knows how to take care of it. Um, 66.8 completion percentage, 7.8 YPA. Thank you, Notre Dame rookie uh, receiver. Uh, 20, uh, 2,333 yards and 16 sacks. Uh, and the sack number actually is, is uh, I'm sorry 10 sacks. Uh, the sack number is really very good even by his standards. So he's playing really good football. He had one bad half against Tennessee where they actually came back and and, and won the game but it, it looked like they had a big lead at halftime and they they all checked out <laughs> and Tennessee came roaring back but they, they, they ended up winning it on the last drive. Um, and and he does not have um, a Super Bowl winning running game. He they don't have a game breaker like edwards Hilaire, like Le'Veon Bell, who they're both. Uh, I'm I'm afraid they're going to end up playing against in the championship game. Um, they don't have that kind of guy. James Conner's a phenomenal back. I'd want him on my team every, every day and twice on Sunday, but he's not a game-breaker, and the younger guys are not quite game-breakers yet. So his running game is, is, while it's really good, and they block it really well, and they stick with their identity, which is to run the football and smack you in the mouth, um, it, their runners are not as talented um, as, as some other people, so that makes these numbers even better. Uh, which is why if I were ranking them just in terms of how I felt they're performing, he would be higher. Uh, but the numbers tell you, you know, there he is, and it's great no matter what. Uh, the next guy, any questions on Big Ben, by the way? I'm sorry.
3: Yeah. So uh, uh, my question is this, you know, sort of me in the in the in the beginning of the career with Big Ben. It, it was Big Ben where it was almost like it was King Kong back there and his, the defense would try and tackle him. He's like swatting the planes out of the sky and by the Empire State Building. But as time goes along, I I feel like he's become a just really a better and better pure passer. Then he goes through this terrible elbow injury. He comes back having this wonderful season. Uh, Bill, do you see things getting even better we're not, I guess we're past a halfway point, but do you expect him to his play to continue to improve as the season goes along, or is he sort of
2: topped out? Oh, no, I don't think he's topped out. Um, you know, he got nicked uh, last week a little bit, and I worried about that, but he came right back. You know, he's an incredibly tough guy. Came right back and, and, and played. Um, as long as that running game stays consistent, it doesn't have to be Le'Veon Bell like where, my lord, they were they they scared the living daylights out of you with the, with A. B. and Le'Veon Bell and him those triplets, woo, man, <laughs> defensive coordinators didn't get any sleep when you're playing those guys. It's not that same attack, uh, but the fact of the matter is that Juju's very reliable, and the Notre Dame kid is just lighting it up. You know, he's he's just. And he doesn't even know what he's doing. I mean, they're telling him, go run down the field and I'll throw it up there and you get the ball. <laughs> and, then, and that's what he's been doing. I mean, he's he's just he, he's going to get better. He's just going to get better and better as as the season goes on. So in that sense, he's got a chance to be better. And I don't think Juju's hit his stride just yet. So <clears throat> that passing game is going to get better. Uh, but I mean, he he's playing... He's a vet solid veteran now. Yes.
1: Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Maybe maybe our fans in the 305 should be sweating a little bit. The uh <laughs> the champagne can't get pop, pop quite yet. It could get it could get interesting, right?
2: Oh, this will be interesting. Believe me. It'll be interesting.
1: Cuz they're going to get dangerously close to 16 and 0, don't you think?
2: Uh well, they might. Yeah. Yeah, but, I, but as he said the other day, he was perfect. Uh you know, he's become Every great quarterback at some point in his career becomes the grizzled veteran, you know, right, the right. guy that the guy that you go to him and you ask him a silly question and he raises his eyebrow and gives you a, a straight answer. And, and if you ask him a good question, he'll give you an even straighter answer. And somebody said to him, are you concerned? Are, are you really focused on 16 and then He said, we're focused on Lombardis. Get lost. He didn't say get lost, but, the, you know, that was the import of it. And, and I wanted to say, good for you, Ben. Good for you. And everybody, of course, everybody else in the locker room will follow his lead. Um, so who cares? Get to the playoffs healthy. Um, the... The next guy we're going to talk about is really interesting, and uh, and the numbers tell you that he's 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 made a big big jump. Um, Josh Allen from Buffalo, one hundred three point two QBR, um, twenty one TDs, seven interceptions, three to one for a third year quarterback. I mean, really really good. Now, kudos to Sean and to Brandon Bean. For getting him Diggs, because Diggs is the reason that ratio is what it is. But uh, that way, you know, Peyton Manning wouldn't have quite been Peyton Manning without Marvin Harrison and Reggie Wayne either. So <laughs> you can't be a good quarterback without without really good receivers. And so they got him one Diggs, and they, those two guys, I mean, you talk about a match instantly made in heaven. It's like they've been playing together for 15 years. Um, 68.4 completion percentage. That's way higher than I thought when I perceived it. 7.9 YPA. Hello. I mean, that's really spectacular. 28.71 and uh, and, uh, 20 sacks. That will get cleaned up over time. There's two reasons for that. One... The offensive line is not a really good pass-protecting offensive line. It's a line that's kind of built to run the ball. And so they they're gonna the Bills are going to need to look at that in the offseason and say, do we make an acquisition at left tackle? Do we shuffle this somewhat so that we're a little bit better pass-protecting team? I think that's a question that they have to ask themselves. Uh, I don't have the answer to it, but it's a question they have to ask themselves because that's too many. And number and number two, he holds the ball a little bit long because now he's he's really zeroed in on digs. But that will come. That that'll that'll straighten itself out over time. This is a magnificent performance, and kudos to Brian Dable and the offensive staff for for getting him where he is. Um, he's he's close, very close to the real thing very close. Um, Next guy is Ryan Tannehill, 106.9, 20 TDs, three interceptions. Good for you, Ryan. Tremendous job. 64.8 completion percentage, 7.6, which is marvelous. 21-28 in terms of yards, 12 sacks. Uh, This is as good as Ryan Tannehill can play probably as good as he's ever played. It's what he's capable of. The people who vilified him in Miami should go hide in a basement somewhere uh, or else <laughs> sack sackcloth and ashes uh, for, for, for the rest of their media careers because he was a good quarterback in Miami and led them to the playoffs, and he's a better quarterback now because he's got a really good running game with him and good young developing receivers. This guy was the real thing coming out. He was the real thing in Miami, and he's the real thing now. And I'm happy for him. Um, the the next is there, but, Hey, Bill, real quick with with the Tannehill
1: situation. I mean, obviously, there's you know the decision making in Miami was not phenomenal. But it,
2: given it's a copycat, yes, it league, was when he anything- was healthy. Yes, it was when he was healthy. I beg to Oh difference. no, no,
1: I'm saying that. No, I'm saying the the general the the executive decision making. Oh, I'm off.
2: sorry. Okay, uh,
1: yes, yes. And, and moving on from him. So, in thinking that through a little bit, there's got to be other guys similar to the Tannehill situation who with a second chance somewhere else, maybe they could, they could play this way. Is there something that can be gleaned from what Tennessee's done in the Tannehill Reclamation Project that specifically has helped push him to be who he could be? Or is this just a situation where Miami just completely whiffed on this and this should be happening in the 305 right now?
2: Well, uh, John Robinson would be the guy to answer that question. I mean, he, he knows what they've done uh, with him. In, in that situation but kudos to John for recognizing that this was a talent a winner a, a hard worker a, a, a guy a leader and and Miami just didn't why I don't know but they didn't and and, and don't forget you know he led them to the playoffs. I, I broadcast three of their games that year. He played as well as any quarterback in the National Football League. He didn't have any questions about judgment. He was hitting the right guys. He was a leader. He was running the football when he had to. He's athletic enough to make those kinds of plays. Uh, and, and he made critical plays at critical times. Um, and and then he got hurt. He hurt his knee. And, and, and they... They had to put a backup in to play in the playoffs and they missed the playoffs. And then for whatever reason, the organization decided to move on. I I don't know why, but I I think it was just a mistake. I mean, John Robinson did a great thing. He said, here's a guy who was a number one draft choice who took his team to the playoffs. What have I got to lose? Let's bring him in and let him back up Marcus Mariota and and, and and let's see what we got here. At worst, we got a quality backup. And they found out that they had a quality quarterback. Kudos mm-hmm. to them. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there are a lot of guys sitting around in locker rooms languishing as number twos that, that have Ryan Tannehill's record of success in his first job. So, uh, you know, the answer to your question is I don't think they're a lot lying around like that, but Kudos to John Robinson for, for picking him up. I mean, that was a great move. Um, the next guy, Deshaun Watson, is really interesting. He's got a 107.0 quarterback rating, and that's really, really good. 18 TDs, five interceptions. Notice, by the way, that three to one becomes the ratio with the A quarterbacks. Three to one becomes the ratio, not two to one. Uh, for years and years, we said two to one's acceptable, and it is. But among the best guys, it's it's three to one or better. Um, 68.1 completion percentage, 8.4 ypa, 2,539, 26 sacks. Why? Because he has no offensive line, he has no running back, and no defense. So this is a one-man band, and he's playing every instrument <laughs> and playing it well. <laughs> and, and, you know, I don't know where you put him in the Pro Bowl uh, roster. You know, and by the way, let me say parenthetically, once the fans began to vote on the Pro Bowl we, as a policy in Indianapolis, said to agents, we're no longer giving you Pro Bowl bonuses. <laughs> right, right, right. You know, <laughs> God bless them if they make it. I, I hope they have a good time. But we're not paying Jim Mersey's hard-earned money for the fans to vote. Uh, you know, go go buy the...
3: <laughs> then it's not playing Hawaii anymore, so nobody even wants to
2: go. And people don't even want to go, that's right. And it's canceled this year, but they'll still yeah, have they're voting. Yeah,
1: they haven't played it at all. Yeah. yeah.
2: No, exactly. But the the uh uh you know Deshaun's got to be in that conversation because he's having a it's an incredible year given the handicaps that surround him. Uh, uh no one including Carson Wentz is playing with worse with a worse supporting cast than Deshaun Watson, although he does have good receivers. He's got two good receivers. But otherwise it's good lord you know, Katie, bar the door.
3: So, you know, you've got, <laughs> you got, you're going to have two, you know, a new GM and a new head coach coming in there. Here you got a guy who's playing at this magnificent level, so far ahead of his team and the team's results. You have a few good, you know, you got J.J. Watt, you got something. You know, what the heck do you do, Bill, if this is Bill Polian, coming in with that team like that, knowing you're optimizing at quarterback, knowing you have a few other good players, but the team is just so flat and so unproductive. What do you do in that kind of situation? Where do you go first?
2: Offensive line and defensive line, without question. they got decent enough receivers. They they don't have a a true go-to guy, but they, they have decent enough receivers. Now, they have some guys coming out of contract that, you know, Maybe looking for more money than they're worth. So this might be, this year might be a one step back or two steps back before we take one step forward. But that's where I would start offensive and defensive line. Um, you know, uh, Tunsell's acceptable. Um, the price they paid was too high for him, but he's acceptable. Um, beyond that, I'm not sure there's anybody that you jump up and down about. There is no running back. Uh, much less two um, that you can count on. Tight end is the, the tight end that's playing is aging. And so there's nothing there. And, and the receiving core is, you know, okay. Not, and, and of course they miss the number one guy, the belt cow, who is lighting it up in Arizona. So to do what he's doing is, a, is amazing. But you can't get him sacked 26 times either. So let's, let's go, you know, let's get the offensive line squared away and, and, and then we'll take it from there. Um, that brings us to the final five guys. And um, this is really interesting in that um, we have five guys here who are playing very well and three who are playing incredibly well. Um, so number five is Derek Carr. 107.4. 16 TDs, two interceptions. Woo! <laughs> really, you know, phenomenal. 69.3, uh, completion percentage. 7.6 YPA. 2,156 yards. 14 sacks. Um, Derek Carr has become a, a an A plus student of John Gruden, and John Gruden has taken him from a from a what I would say would be a B to an A plus, and, uh, and and that shows you what coaching can do. Uh, he's extremely talented. He's got everything you want in a quarterback. He's got athleticism. He's got smarts. He's got arm strength. He's got accuracy, and uh, and, and john has has created uh, an offense around him that allows him to flourish and and made him into a, a complete professional quarterback and uh you know they're they're right in the hunt they they're, I would be surprised if they're not a playoff team their defense is not great but um they, they, their offense makes up for a lot of sins they're high powered as we saw the other night. Um, the next guy is, is, of course, the venerable Drew Brees. Before he got hurt, he was at 110 quarterback rating, 18 TDs, three interceptions. Typical Drew, 73.5 completion percentage. That's the highest in the league. Uh, might be the highest of all time. Although he won't play, <laughs> he won't play 18 games, 16 games, I should say. So uh, he probably won't qualify. 7.4 YPA. And this is without, by the way, his number one receiver for virtually the whole season. Yeah. Who who And, and his number one receiver is probably the number one or number two receiver in the league. So <laughs> imagine that. <laughs> yeah. Um, 2,196 yards, 10 sacks. He never takes many, obviously. For those that uh, were... Complaining that Drew Brees had lost something, uh, that was a uh, uh, one of the lines of the week, if you shall we say, in the in the blogosphere and uh, on and in the talk world. Uh, guess what, guys? Look at the numbers. <laughs> he hasn't, uh, and he didn't. <laughs> so, uh, but and and you know, depending on when he gets back. Uh, and what his condition is, we'll see how how the Saints go, um, whether they go marching into the playoffs or whether it's a, a, a longer road for them. We'll see. Let's hope he gets back uh, quickly enough. And and if this is the end, that that it that he ends on a high note, it'll be a sad day when he leaves the league because he's such a great person as well as a great quarterback.
3: Yeah. I mean, with Drew, if if there's something he lost, he clearly didn't need whatever it was. He found it again. Yeah, he found (laughs) it again. It's bad. So, like before. But but I'd like to make a point here about Drew in particular, but NFL players in general, that you you hear about it, but you don't hear about it enough. Uh, I, I don't know how many people who are listening have ever had cracked ribs. But cracked ribs are so painful that it hurts just to breathe. And in the old days, they used to tr- kind of try and relieve it by wrapping you in a, in an a- tight ACE bandage, but they realized that that made your breathing so shallow it was causing pneumonia. So now, unlike a wrist, unlike an arm, unlike any other body part, when you break your ribs, they don't do anything. They just, they're just they just broken. And, and he has a collapsed lung. I mean, most people would be calling in sick to work for the next two months. This guy is talking about trying to come back, you know, in a few weeks after 11 cracked ribs and a collapsed lung. I mean, the toughness that he has, the toughness of NFL players. I mean, Bill, how much success in the NFL, let's just say at quarterback since this is the show, the, you know, the willingness to hang in that pocket, hang in there the last minute, Take the hit even after you release the ball and just have that courage and that guts to come to, to, to bear up under that.
2: If you don't have it, you won't make it in the NFL. Everybody has it, whether you're a, a B quarterback or an A quarterback or even a C quarterback. If you're a starting quarterback in the NFL and, and, and you last for any length of time, you're a one tough cookie uh, because you do have to stand in there. You have to stare down the barrel of the gun. As as those rushers are coming at you, and you know they're going to level you, and and you you got to deliver the ball, and uh, and that's what the great ones do, and you know I, I, there are not enough superlatives, you you could fill three shows talking about the superlatives of, of Drew Brees. Suffice it to say, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, and as I said just a minute ago, it will be a sad day for the National Football League when he hangs it up. And I hope he plays for another five years. Uh, but as far as his having lost something, the people that said that were at a loss for something too. <laughs> it wasn't Drew, it <laughs> yeah, was them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're, Their they're, eyesight they're,
1: was
3: a little faulty. Well well, they're also the guys when you're on top like that, everybody takes shots and unfair shots.
2: Well, yes, but when when you're when you're taking an, an an unjustified shot and an icon in my yeah. in my opinion, you're out of bounds.
3: Oh totally I, I oh I don't justify it. it's worse in his case because it was so absurd
2: so okay, so now let's let's do a little recap. in the B category, which of course is plenty good enough to win with, you got Prescott, Stafford, Murray, Ryan, and Herbert because I have to follow the Parcells dictum here. We do not anoint rookies and send them to Canton. So even <laughs> though his play is anointable, we're not ready. We can't send him there as a rookie. But he's at the top of the Bs. The A's are Brady, Josh Allen, Roethlisberger, Tannehill, Hill, Watson, Carr, and Drew Brees. And Drew Brees is really close To the A-plus category. But the fact that he's hurt is going to kind of remove him from that. Otherwise, I would have him in the A-plus category. The A-pluses, yeah, absolutely. The A-pluses are are all, that's who your MVP candidates are. And and we'll see as time goes by, you know, how it works out. But they are as follows. Uh, Russell Wilson, 110.5. Um, 30 TDs, 10 interceptions, 70.7 completion percentage, 8.2 YPA, 29.56 terms of yards. That's almost 3000 yards in, uh, in 10 games, 33 sacks, which is too many, but we know why because the offensive line is, is, is not great. Uh, and playing at a level that's as good as he's ever played and winning with a team that has a, you know, relatively mediocre offensive line and a really historically, by Seattle standards, uh, inefficient defense. So this is, this is a remarkable performance by Russ. I hope he can keep it up. I hope he can keep it up. Um if
1: he, hey hey Bill with Russell if his career ended today he's already a gold jacket player,
2: right? You got it. Yep. In my opinion, yes. No question about it. And the numbers are going to back that up. But yeah, no question about it. I mean no no one's even close to him, in terms of yards through ten game, twenty nine fifty six. I mean, he's almost three thousand yards. So by any standard, that's good enough, and it, and it, and it's been. I mean, that's the way he's been throughout his career. Um, to say nothing of being the same kind of person as Drew Brees. You know, he's a he's an asset to the league, just as a as a person, uh, and, and a inspirational football player. And and he too, like Drew, has magic. I mean he's got magic in his body. He he pulls rabbits from hats <laughs> very frequently. And, and that alone with the stat we don't here have here is come from behind victories. But you know when you talk about quarterbacks, the one thing you want to talk about, the one stat that you really want to hang your hat on is come from behind victories. Because that's the hardest thing to do in sports. And that's the most inspirational thing to do. And I'm going to look that up. In the future shows, we'll, we'll speak about that. But I know Russ is up there in that category. The, the leaders are, are, are Peyton and and Brady. Um, uh, the next guy, of course, is Superman. Uh, and, and it's hard to believe... He's only scratching the surface of his talent, and he's he should be disqualified in the first instance because he's being coached by Andy Reid. So <laughs> that in itself <laughs> is, is a blessing <laughs> that that very few people <laughs> have, have have bestowed upon them. And when you when you combine this otherworldly talent with Andy Reid coaching, this is what you get. Patrick Mahomes with 115.9 QBR, 25 TDs, one interception, 66.9 completion percentage, 8.2 YPA, 2,687 yards, and 12 sacks. Woo wee! Um, and and spectacular in the process. The thing that separates him from the other, if you include Drew, the other three A-pluses is the fact that he's so spectacular. He does things that we've never seen quarterbacks do before in the history of the game. Throwing sidearm 40 yards down the field and, you know, all the kind of miraculous, incredible things that he does. He's such... he's. So much fun to watch. And, and he must be great fun to coach, too. I envy uh, Andy having that kind of a guy. Uh, and then the, the leader, interestingly enough, numbers-wise, is Aaron Rodgers.
3: Bill, before you move on, I, I just want to get one question in there about sort of in the interest of fairness and balance. Because I don't know what else I could ask to, to achieve that because he's everything you said and maybe more. Is there anything he can't do? Do you see any weaknesses in his game? Is there anything he could
2: improve? I don't see any weaknesses. He'll get better as, as time goes by um, doing certain things. You know, he, he'll get a little careless with the ball from time to time, and his his, his. his every once in a while his concentration will, will, will wane, you know, he have l- lulls during games where, where he doesn't put up pinball numbers. Uh, but when you think about the cast that he's playing with, Kelsey, Tyreek, Edwards, Hilaire, I mean, whew, it's just, it's spectacular. And He's spectacular. So he'll get better as a quarterback over time, the more time he's with Andy. And and, and the more, uh, you know, now they're going to have to, Kelsey's not on the back line of his career, but he's not a young guy either. Um, uh, Tyreek, you know, they're going to have to replace guys over time to give him weapons. His offensive line is is. Pretty good, you know, not great, but pretty good. Um, And, you know, for good measure, they 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 add Le'Veon Bell. uh, Hello. You know, (laughs) just for fun. Why not? Let's do it. Let's give Edwards Hilaire a little break here. He's a rookie. He's probably getting close to the rookie wall. Le'Veon, get in there and score a touchdown, will you? Yeah. Okay. You know, let's
1: have fun. Because <laughs> that's not going to be fun against the Steelers in Pittsburgh in an AFC Championship game, right?
2: <laughs> yeah. Well. Anyway, no, there is he. He doesn't have a weakness. He, he's no one's better, really, from a athletic standpoint. You know, I guess you could nitpick and say he isn't as good a runner as Russ, or or isn't as good a runner as as Lamar Jackson or, or, or the kid in Arizona, but so what? What, what does it matter? Um, uh, and Aaron Rodgers is number one with a 116.4 QBR, uh, 26 TDs, three interceptions. How about that ratio as well? 67.8 uh, completion percentage, 8.2 YPA, um, 2578, 10 sacks, um running game is really good. Offensive line, uh, probably as good as they've had in, in, in recent years. Um, it, it's not phenomenal, but it's as good as they've had. Um, Lazard is a, is a very good receiver. Um, they've got a young athletic tight end. Um, and, and the number one guy is really a good receiver I think they probably the critics who said they should have drafted a top receiver were probably right I'd hate to think what they would be like if they had Jefferson for example um but the, you know the, they did what they did uh, and and still um uh, they're terrific and you saw what happened um uh, the other the other night, um, you know, the game is effectively won, and the Colts knew full well that they either better score a touchdown or bleed out the clock. The referees somehow or other went haywire, and and the pack got the ball back, and uh, but for a fumble, he he probably brings them back to win in overtime. Um, so and it wasn't his fumble, obviously. Um, he's handicapped by a terribly unreliable defense. Um, it was unreliable last year; it remains so this year. Um, to think that the Colts would come out in the second half and run eight successive plays, and stick it right down their throat, and and get it, and, and come away with a with a, only a field goal, um, and and still win the game, is. Pretty amazing, um, but the, the you know the fact is the defense is unreliable, and uh, and that's going to handicap him I think in the long run as it did last year. But there's you know I I don't know who you vote for as the MVP. I haven't made up my mind yet. I want to see the rest of the season play out. But these are the three very logical candidates. Drew probably won't play enough to be to factor into the discussion when it's all said and done. Derek Carr could be in the in the discussion if the if the uh, if the Raiders keep winning, um, uh, but these three certainly are, and uh, so they're A plus and for sure MVP candidates, and and that's our quarterbacks.
3: There you go. Uh, so. Bill, let me let me transition here a little bit, and I I got for you what I'm calling the three big questions. So some of this is going to go beyond the scope a little bit of what we talked about today, because so I'd like you to draw the bigger picture for us. So you know, uh, I thought that one of the really um, insightful things you did in this breakdown, and and we hadn't talked about you doing this in advance of this, was when you went ahead and separated the A and the A+. plus, With the A being true star, excellent quarterbacks, franchise quarterbacks, but the this A-plus category being MVP caliber. So let me ask you this. What is it that makes the difference for quarterbacks who move from the A into that A-plus MVP category? Because they're all clearly excellent. So You know, who goes on to surpass just being a star to become something greater?
2: Um, The ability on his own to bring your team back from a desultory performance to snatch victory from the jaws of defeat based on talent, creativity, guts, uh, all of the above essentially by himself. That's what the three top guys have. Um, You know, Aaron Rodgers got the ball on the the three-yard line. And by the way, the pass that he completed to midfield that started the drive that set up the, the tying field goal was on third down and long. So, you know that's probably the best illustration. Mahomes was down Mahomes was down 21 points in the AFC championship game to Tennessee and brought his team back to victory Yes yes yeah. how many times has Russ uh, done that in his career and and, and the other night, against Kyler Murray playing with no running backs. I don't know where those guys came from. They might have had a tryout camp. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, okay.
1: They they came from Azerbaijan.
2: Yes. Yeah. (laughs) That's exactly right. (laughs) From the European Football League. Get in there and play.
1: Exactly. It's nice though because they got to play with Trent Williams for a brief minute.
2: (laughs) Yes. So I mean that's what those guys do. That's that's what the that's what gold that's what gold jackets do. Yep.
3: yeah. Which is, you know, all the more remarkable given the interdependence and the, that this is sort of to me the truest of a team sports that we're one you know, to have one, you can't dominate like one great basketball player, hit a lot of home runs like a baseball player. You're so dependent on everything, but these guys can just really lift everybody around them, as you say. Um all right, so Next question. Let me just
2: add. Let me just add this. I've said it Go before, ahead. but it bears repeating. What these guys do, and I'll I'll include um, probably everybody on the A list in, in this. What these guys do because they are because they transcend what's around them. Um, what they do is give your team everybody in your team. Defense, special teams, everybody. A feeling that all I've got to do is play hard and do my job. And whatever number that guy wears, in our case in Indianapolis, it was 18. 18 will take us the rest of the way. 18 will get it done. All we got to do is do... What we do, do our job well. We don't have to play exceptional. We don't have to win on every down. We just got to play well enough and 18 will find a way. And, and that's why those teams, that's how they, how they give, bring value added to their teams because the psychological lift that they give everybody else is absolutely incredible, and I've, I've repeated this story time and again, but it but but it bears repeating. Um, we're getting on the bus, and we're going to go play Houston, and and we're I don't know zero and fourteen or something. We've lost Peyton for the season, and one of the coaches said to me, you know, for the last. 13 year, 14 years we've gotten on this bus every Sunday morning knowing we got a 50-50 chance to win no matter what happened. 50-50 no matter what happened whether it was the Super Bowl or the first game of the season. And now we don't have that and it's a bad feeling. That tells you what these guys are.
3: Yep, yeah. and and in fact if anything Bill I would have rated it a lot higher than 50-50 given what you you guys compiled there there's all those 10 11 12 length seasons but something you said segues perfectly into the next question which is this so let's say it's a couple years from today and we are doing our third annual quarterback review from a month and Drew Brees I'm going to I'm going to take Drew Brees out of this because he, to me he's an A+ plus. he's an A+ plus. from but other guys who are in the A and B groups if you had to put your money on one, who would you have picked to be in that A plus status two years hence?
2: Carr, because I think he's the most I think he's the most gifted.
3: Um, and and is, it, is the jury still too much out?
2: I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't dismiss any of them. But I think the jury's still out on Josh Allen. Um and I gotta see what Watson would have around him. I mean, you know, you can only go through so many seasons like this um and, and not have it hurt your where you are. And then I wouldn't bet against Herbert for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I might not bet against Murray either, but if I had to pick one, I'd say Herbert.
3: Interesting. He's he's certainly probably the for furth, the furthest development of any of those guys for one thing. All right. So here's the here's the last question before Scott's audible. Stick me, stick with me on this, Bill, because it, it takes a little uh, a little setup. So despite perhaps having a, 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 a closer to mortal season this year, everyone still regards Tom Brady as the goat. But in terms of sheer production, Drew Brees is right up there with him and it's just been a few years since Peyton retired with his gargantuan stats. In terms of sheer talent, Aaron Rodgers perhaps surpasses them all, and now we have Patrick Holmes who seems to be able to do things that even those other guys can't do. Are we in the golden era of quarterbacks, or are things distorted by the changes in the rules and the modern schemes or perhaps some other recency bias? Because you've taught us the closest thing we have to an apples-to-apples apples yardstick, sorry for the pun, is the QB rating. And begin, it beginning in 1960, uh, at, with guys who played for 10 years or more, that measure puts Aaron Rodgers at number one, career-wise, at 103.1, Drew, Tom, and Peyton in the high 90s, Philip River, Matt Ryan, and Ben Roethlisberger in the mid-90s. But then get this, Bill. They're followed by Joe Montana at 92.3. Dan Marino, Brett Favre, Jim Kelly, Roger Stalbeck, Troy Aikman, Bart Starr, Grant Targenton, and Dan Fouts are in the 80s, and John Elway and Johnny Unitas are in the 70s. Can you help me make
2: some sense of that? Sure. Uh, it's um, the, the equivalent... For different reasons, would be home run totals. Um, you know, Babe Ruth and Hank Aaron are in a class by themselves. But if you took the average of home runs um, from 1960 on, uh, you you would see that it skyrocketed in 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 this era because baseball's played a totally different way than it than it was in the 50s and 60s and even 70s and 80s. Um, the same is true of football. Um, I, I think baseball, the analytics approach to baseball has hurt the game. Theo Epstein said that in his, uh, uh, in his valedictory in Chicago, and, and I have great, incredible respect for him, and I think he was right on the money. In, 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 in football... I think the advent of the use of 53 and a third yards uh, of the field, the more sophisticated passing game, um, the, uh, the ratio of run to pass going from 45 uh, pass to uh, 55 run in the Johnny Unitas era to now um, 55 to 56 for 57% pass versus 43% run in this era has caused um, inflation, if you will, in QBR, because a lot of what QBR is based on is attempts and yardage. And so that's increased pretty dramatically. Um, and, and the game's easier to play. The passing game is easier to play when you spread people out all over the field. It's easier to see the defense. It's, uh, it's easier to create one-on-one matchups. It's easier to find open windows against zones. So it's a lot easier to throw the ball scheme wise than it's ever been. Um, now the, the game is more fun. Pro football is more fun. College football is a disaster. If you ask me, you get two spread teams just, you know, going up and down the field without even thinking about running the ball or taking a timeout or, you know, so that's a different cat altogether. But, um, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, but so so the, the numbers are inflated because of the style of play. Um, you know, if you if you could find some way to balance out the style of play, and then compare Unitas to uh, Aaron Rodgers and Mahomes um, and Breeze and and so on, uh, I think you'd find that they were a lot closer. But the bottom line is, it doesn't matter. Johnny Unitas was Johnny Unitas, and and Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> and they're both cold jackets.
3: In '73, they tried to make some adjustments to that to make it, you know, uh, fair to everybody. But so, so that's what I was getting at, Bill. I mean, I watched growing up. I watched Johnny Unitas call his own plays and throw those pinpoint passes to Ray Berry You know, with two two you know. <laughs> so, I mean, our guy, the, the, the real core things that quarterbacks have to do, which you've told us about throughout this show, you know, which is the ability to size up a defense, which is the ability to get the ball out of their hand quickly, which is the ability to throw to the back shoulder, which is the ability to throw the guy open, which is the ability to, to drop the ball in the bucket when you throw deep. Has that, I mean, to me, That hasn't changed as much as the statistics have, that there were some wonderful old quarterbacks who did that terrifically, and there's certainly many who can do it now. I don't know. Am I being a Pollyanna? Uh,
2: No, I don't think you're being a Pollyanna. I just think there are more quarterbacks who can do it. You know, um, in in the Unitas era, Van Brocklin, uh, uh, Y.A. Tittle, um, Unitas... I'm probably missing Sammy Baugh, actually. Who, who
3: er, earlier, Sonny Jurgensen, maybe in the United States? Uh, yeah,
2: Sonny could could really spin it. Um, Sammy Baugh actually threw a, a, a different kind of ball. And yeah, he, he was yeah. he was in a class by himself as a passer. Um, and by the way, I you know, along with Bill Belichick and Ron Wolf, uh, we, we studied all the film of the old timers yes, for the for the hundredth anniversary team. So it was kind of fun to watch. There are more quarterbacks who can do amazing things with the ball today than there were in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. Um, we had never seen the likes of Dan Marino when he came in the league with that arm strength, the combination of arm strength and relief release. Uh, we'd never seen the likes of that before. Now there are guys that are, you know, Mahomes, Mahomes is pretty close to, to Danny in that regard. Um, simply because there's more seven-on-seven. Seven. Kids are throwing the ball at, at an earlier, a much earlier age. Um, the game has changed dramatically, and so the skills develop uh, more. Uh, but the great ones are still the great ones. Uh, I don't know that they ever practiced dropping the ball in the bucket in Johnny Yu's per- uh, uh, day or Van Brocklin's day, or Y.A. Tittle's day, and I saw Y.A. Tittle practice a lot. And I I can guarantee you he could drop it in the bucket just as well as Jim Kelly or Patrick Mahomes could.
1: Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Pretty cool. All right, gang. Well, that is our sort of summation of quarterbacks. And so in going into the audible, we actually have the perfect audible segue question today. Uh, So, Bill, we know that the quarterback has to play at a high level to get you to the promised land. And depending on the scheme and other positions, however, is there one other position besides quarterback that must always play at a top level to get you to the Super Bowl?
2: Um, That really is a good question. Um, A lot of it on defense is scheme dependent. Um, I would think, staying with the theme, that you really have to have a quality number one receiver who's playing at a high level to go all the way. I'll go back and research it, but... In my mind's eye, to me, triplets are, are what it takes. And, but the running back in this day and age is not as important. You can do that by committee. But, but you got to have that receiver, the go-to guy that you can count on to do miraculous things when the chips are down. you got to have that guy. If you don't have him, it's hard to go all the way. And the other thing that I'm absolutely convinced that you have to have, which relates to uh, Nick's Saban's statement, is that if you're going to be a really good team and go all the way, you have to have pass rushers who can close the game. Those two things are absolutely necessary. And I say rushers plural because rushing the quarterback is the hardest physically demanding job in football and 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 they have to be rested you have to have what's called a wave you have to have a minimum of six guys who can come in and out and get the job done and and I said to someone the other night in, in, in having this kind of a conversation actually that if I were building a team, I'm going to make sure that I've got six rushers dressed every week because you do have to finish. I mean, you've got to knock Aaron Rodgers around. <coughs> you got to rush him. you got to get him off his spot. you got to make him less accurate so that he can't drop that ball in the bucket at 50 yards versus three defenders. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. you, you, you. So... I would say I would say the, the the transcendent receiver the Jerry Rice the Marvin Harrison the Hall of Fame receiver and and or close to him and uh and then the rushers those are absolutely All right. necessary
1: Well, kids and parents, if you're listening, pay close attention because I have a hunch those are the positions that also get paid. So if you don't make it as a quarterback, (laughs) learn to rush the quarterback or catch the football. And also learn, Scott,
3: you got to teach your kids to be 6'8", 290. Once you can teach them that,
1: you know. (laughs) Or 6XL hands, whatever that means. Who knows how big that is? I can't even process that. I'm a hard medium into large. All right. Well, that is a perfect way to wrap up this episode. Again, if you have questions for the Audible, we got something special for you next week. We've been promising it and it is coming. It's the first ever Ask Bill Anything. We've got tons of questions we'll hit up. We'll confirm Bill's thinking on this one in next week's episode. But if you have any questions for the Audible, we're doing an Audible only show next week. So hit us up on Twitter at IFBillPolian and we will be sure to include it. It is going to be a fun one we got a lot of fun stuff to get into next week so get ready a lot of fun weeks ahead on ifp thank you guys all right one quick thing
3: we're recording this right before thanksgiving you'll hear it after thanksgiving i'd just like to wish everybody a great one and and hope that we can come together and some of the lightness will return to the world and it'll be a better
1: new year for all americans
2: Amen. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone.
1: That's nice, Rick. I'm going to end with, since it will be dropped on Cyber Monday, I hope you got an Xbox Series X or a PlayStation 5, Michael Brown. All right, gang. Okay.
3: (laughs) Talk to you later, guys.
1: Bye-bye. All right, guys.